Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Number is 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Now, most of you have been listening to this program a long time, but people come and go, and some people, this is the first time they've heard me. We like to jump into the heavy issues, and we like to jump into them in a very significant way, but now and then, there's other things we like to talk about, too, or we'll listen to music, if I happen to like a song. I'm not doing a sports show. I'm not doing a sports show. Maybe I should do a sports show. But I'm not doing a sports show. And yet the Tiger Woods story is a significant story for this country. He's arguably, and I don't even think there's that much of an argument. Well, maybe there is, but he's one of the greatest athletes of all time. One of the greatest golfers of all time. I'm 63 years old, and yet, I can remember him as a kid with his father. I can remember how he came through as an amateur. What a pleasure to watch him. How exciting. And so when I talk about somebody like Tiger Woods, it's not because I think he's better than everybody else as a human being. It's because for our culture, for our society, it's something of not just interest. It's, it's, for, for a lot of people, it's important in their lives. And the other problem is this. Two and a half million people die every year in this country. I can't talk about all of them. It's a horrible thing. I know, because I recently lost my parents. But in the case of Tiger Woods, I just want to briefly talk about this a little bit. People keep saying... uh, 
And they keep insisting, the, uh, the doctors and the law enforcement, that he wasn't impaired. Why do they keep saying that? He wasn't impaired. Why do they assume he was impaired? They said he wasn't impaired. So why do they keep saying, they keep insisting he wasn't impaired? What does that mean? I've been on that road. I know what it's like. It's a bad road. It's a tough road. You don't even have to be going that fast to miss a corner and go over. I don't know if he was or he wasn't. But the point is, you don't say, was he impaired? Was he impaired? Was he impaired? What's that all about? Well, you remember in Jupiter Island, he was, okay, that's Jupiter Island. Why are you assuming he's impaired now? He's gone through rehab. He got caught on painkillers. The poor guy's had a lousy back for God knows how long. I don't even know the man. It's beside the point. I don't have to know the man. I look at people who excel in our society, who excel. And that's something to be impressed about. Success is an important thing. We don't, we don't even in this country anymore, we do, but most people, or a lot of people, they don't even look at success anymore. It's all about egalitarianism and redistribution of wealth and class warfare and racial equality or racial equity and on and on white supremacy and on. How about merit? How about merit? And when we see somebody who has succeeded on merit, wildly succeeded like almost nobody before him, and there's a handful of people like this in sports. Well, maybe 10 or 12, but you get the point. It draws our attention. That's a good thing. Tiger Woods is a tremendous athlete and golfer because he's Tiger Woods, not because of anything else. Because of merit. Merit. He goes on that golf course, as do the others. He goes on that golf course, and it's him against the world. It's not even a team sport. He goes on that golf course, unless they're, you know, doing one of those things with the British or whatever. But I'm saying, day in and day out, you have to look inside your own mind and your own ability, deep down, in order to accomplish in that sport. Now he may have a team that advises him. and I'm not talking about that. When he's on the golf course, it's him against the world. Many of you have played golf. I can't do it anymore. Not that I was any good because of my back. But that said. So all these victories that he's had. And it's like Jack Nicholas or Arnold Palmer and some of the others. All these victories he had. He earned, and he deserved, and that's why I have such respect for the man. I'm not talking about what he did in his personal life. Apparently, that's all been cleaned up. I'm talking about why we look at him. We don't look at him because of what he did in his personal life. We look at him for what he does on the golf course. And he excels and has excelled in the past. That period of like 15 years, 10 or 15 years, we've never seen a golfer like this. Ever. Ever. Him against the world. A golf club and that little ball. Based on merit. Based on skill. His success. He's a perfect example of what we think and we talk about all the time.
in a colorblind society, in a merit-based society, where if you're good enough, you will succeed. If you're motivated enough, you will succeed. In his case, it's athletics and it's golf. And look, everybody can't be a superstar no matter what you're doing, but you can succeed. You can be successful. They've always tried to draw him into racial discussions. They've always, and he won't do it. He won't participate in it. He won't do it. He won't do the LeBron James. He just won't do it. And yet, he's a stellar example to young people. Black, Asian, all young people. He's a stellar example. Of a fantastic success story. And now we hear he may never play golf again. Isn't that worth mentioning? ESPN, Tiger Woods recovering from lengthy surgery to repair significant injuries to his right leg. I'll say, he's lucky to have his leg. When I read this, Tiger Woods is recovering from a lengthy surgery to repair what a doctor said Tuesday night were significant orthopedic injuries to his right lower extremity, suffered in a single-car rollover crash hours earlier. As part of a statement on Woods' official Twitter account, Dr. Anish Mahajan of Harbor UCLA Medical Center updated the famed golfer's condition, saying in part that Woods had multiple open fractures. You know what an open fracture is? That means the, the bone broke and went through the skin. To his lower right leg, and he had a rod placed in his tibia and screws and pins inserted in his foot and ankle during an emergency surgery. So they had to put him back together again, his right leg. Literally. And as an aside, this is the greatness of the American medical and health system. The greatness of the medical system in America My in-laws, my mother-in-law and past father-in-law, they had a terrible car accident in France. A truck hit them head-on, crossed the the median, and hit them head-on. The French healthcare system is a disaster. Government-run healthcare system is a disaster. The people who worked in the system were a disaster. My wife and others had to do everything they could to get them to the American hospital in Paris. Too often, when we listen to these politicians about redistribution of wealth and race and all that, we don't appreciate what we have in this country. In 98% of the world, Tiger Woods would have died. He would have been at the bottom of that, that valley, and that would have been the end of it. He certainly wouldn't have his leg. So three cheers to the American medical system. Communid, I don't even know how to pronounce it. Communuted open fractures affecting both the upper and lower portions of the tibia and fibula bones, I know what those are, were stabilized by inserting a rod into the tibia. Said Mahan, the chief medical officer and interim CEO at Harbor UCLA. Additional injuries to the bones of the foot and ankle were stabilized with a combination of screws and pins. 
Trauma to the muscle and soft tissue of the leg required surgical release of the covering of the muscles to relieve pressure due to swelling. A comminuted fracture means the bone is broken into more than two pieces. Open means a break in the skin. Woods, 45, was awake, responsive, recovering in his hospital room, according to the statement. The update of his condition came almost 15 hours after the accident. Now, this is what I'm getting at. This is ESPN. Authorities said there was no immediate evidence that Woods was impaired. No, there was no evidence that Woods was impaired. And if they find evidence that Woods was impaired, they can report it. But why do they keep bringing that up? There's no evidence that a parrot flew into the driver's seat either. They checked for odor of alcohol or other signs that he was under the influence of a substance but did not find any. And that's it, two sentences. Now, according to Villanueva Woods' vehicle, a mid-sized SUV appeared to first make contact with the median, then went across the two southbound lanes. It hit a curb, hit trees, rolled over several times with the vehicle, ultimately settling several hundred feet from the road. There were no skid marks, no evidence of braking, and weather was not a factor. I think he did that. It was a tight turn. He didn't know there would be a tight turn. He's not apparently familiar with the road. You can be going 45 miles an hour, which is still pretty fast, and the speed limit there, and miss the turn. Or maybe you're going 50 or 55, slightly over the average, the speed limit, I should say, and have difficulty. I mean, I can tell you, I don't do 45. Do you do 45, Mr. Producer? Let's not go there, he says. Anyway, we wish him all the best, and I think he's in the best of hands, certainly among the best of hands. Thank God for that hospital and those professionals. Thank God for the American medical system. And we would love to see Tiger Woods back and healthy. He's lucky to be alive, no question about it. That accident, when I saw that, those pictures on TV, I thought to myself, good Lord, who survives that? There weren't other cars involved, lucky, but they hit trees and so forth. People usually break their necks or break their backs or something horrific. So God saved them. And I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Are you worried about America's future? Times of trouble are full of reasons to despair. But those who built and have preserved our country didn't despair. So to do our part, we need to draw on the books, the history, and the ideas that gave our forefathers and mothers strength and inspiration. Hillsdale College was founded in 1844 to teach these very things. And it teaches them still today. We can all study these things, all with Hillsdale College professors right in our homes. Through Hillsdale's free online courses, we can study the history of our civilization, the wisdom of ancient and Judeo-Christian philosophers, and the writings of Shakespeare and Mark Twain. We can reacquaint ourselves with our Constitution. We can learn how the Constitution has been undermined, and more importantly, how it can be recovered. Friends, as we fight in defense of family, faith, and freedom, let us draw on the best of the past with Hillsdale's guidance to save the greatest nation on earth. Begin learning today at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Levinforhillsdale.com. 
realize how little we celebrate success in this country? It's an amazing thing. You know, when I was a kid, little kids wanted to grow up to be millionaires. They wanted to grow up to be famous. They wanted to grow up to be senators or president. Today, they want to grow up to do what? To be activists, to change the country. Everybody has a chip on their shoulder. Everybody has a chip on their shoulder. They think if they're not successful, it's because of somebody else. And they think if they are successful, that they're still maltreated because of some issue, whether it's race or whatever it is. And look at this country. I think to myself, is there another place on the face of the earth where anybody would want to live? Anybody in this country would want to live? It's clear that the left who hates this country has no intention of leaving. You know, there are experiments out there. Experiments out there going on as I speak with human beings for radical egalitarianism, Marxism, democratic socialism, government-run health care. All these things are going on out there. All you have to do is pick a country you like and go. All through Western Europe, they're destroying themselves. But if you're really a true believer, really, really a true believer, who's stopping you from going to North Korea or communist China? Who's stopping you from going to Cuba or Venezuela? I mean this in all seriousness. We have these human experiments going on. With this, this, this neo-Marxism, this radical progressivism, with this centralized autocracy, where they attack capitalism and private property rights and redistribute wealth. In fact, that's like 80% of the face of the earth. This is one of the few places which up until now, and I mean up until now, has resisted it. I can't think of another place on the planet that is more diverse than the United States of America and becoming more diverse every day. I can't think of another place on the planet where people from all the rest of the planet are trying to enter. And yet, listen to what they say about us. Listen to what they say about the American people. Listen to what they say about the majority of the American people. A complete disconnect. All right, we've got a lot more. I'll be right back. Are you worried about America's future? Times of trouble are full of reasons to despair. But those who built and have preserved our country didn't despair. So to do our part, we need to draw on the books, the history, and the ideas that gave our forefathers and mothers strength and inspiration. Hillsdale College was founded in 1844 to teach these very things, and it teaches them still today. We can all study these things, all with Hillsdale College professors right in our homes. Through Hillsdale's free online courses, we can study the history of our civilization, the wisdom of ancient and Judeo-Christian philosophers, and the writings of Shakespeare and Mark Twain. We can reacquaint ourselves with our Constitution. We can learn how the Constitution has been undermined, and more importantly, how it can be recovered. Friends, as we fight in defense of family, faith, and freedom, let us draw on the best of the past with Hillsdale's guidance to save the greatest nation on earth. Begin learning today 
at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. The only constitutional lawyer you can see today for free. No appointment necessary. Just call him at 877-381-3811. It seems like Liz Cheney is going to be a rash on the inner thigh of the conservative movement in the Republican Party. She now tries to position herself as Mrs. or Ms. Conservative. I liked Lynn Cheney. But I don't like what she's doing and what she's become, to be perfectly honest. I've liked Dick Cheney and her and her mother as well. But I guess that's come to an end now. Because Liz Cheney now is on a mission to sabotage Donald Trump and to sabotage the millions and millions of people who supported him. She has deigned that he has no role in the Republican Party. He should not go to CPAC. And I'm thinking to myself, what an autocrat. Who are you to make decisions about him or us or anybody else for that matter? And I blame the Republican conference in the House for electing her as the number three, even though she stabbed everybody in the back. And her statement was a flat-out lie, incidentally. Flat-out lie. Let me be blunt. If I honestly thought Donald Trump incited an insurrection against the government... If I thought he had, he had incited an insurrection against all I believe in, as somebody who has preached and embraced and studied the Constitution his entire life, do you think I'd be defending Donald Trump? Not for a damn minute. If I thought anybody was inciting an insurrection against our government, they would be enemy number one. So I don't take a back row or second place to Lynn Cheney or anybody else. This isn't about party politics for me. This isn't about a cult of personality for me. It's about the truth. It's about the truth of what took place on January 6th, what took place before January 6th in some of these states in violation of our federal constitution. It's the truth about what took place at the White House, at the federal courthouse in Portland, in all our major cities, the damage that was done, the people who were harmed, the cops who were assaulted, people who were killed. It's about the truth. Now, I could do what a Kingsinger does or a Kasich does or Chris Christie does or all the rest of them, so concerned about how they're viewed by the same media who hate our guts. But I can't live my life that way, and most of you can't either. There was no incitement for anything by Trump, let alone an insurrection. And so as far as I'm concerned, Liz Cheney is a propagandist. A propagandist. She's not righteous. She's not independent. She's not strong. She's Romney in a dress. Now... They're at a press conference today, the Republican leadership. You have McCarthy, Scalise, and Cheney. She's number three, and you know desperately she wants to run the, uh, the House of Representatives. What a disaster. 
Liz Cheney had a problem with Trump when Trump did not embrace her approach to foreign policy and national security. Donald Trump is not Dick Cheney. And yet what Donald Trump did with respect to China is a thousand times more than Bush and Cheney ever did. Ever. What Donald Trump did to bring peace to the Middle East is a thousand times more than Bush and Cheney ever did. What Donald Trump did to deal with Iran was a thousand times more important and effective than what Bush and Cheney ever did. What Donald Trump did to build up NATO, to force these European countries to put more into their own defense and into the defense system is more than Bush and Cheney ever did. What Donald Trump did to rebuild the military and pour money into the military and build morale into the United States military is more than Bush and Cheney ever did. And Trump was no hawk. I'm more of a hawk, but he's no hawk. He's a man with common sense. And the outcomes were far superior than under Bush Cheney. Well, they wanted more troops in Syria. Well, he didn't. Well, they wanted more troops in Iraq. Well, he didn't. And you know what? It turns out Trump was right. He pulled out most of our troops out of both those countries, and it hasn't harmed us. The danger now is Biden. Biden is capitulating to the Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran. He's capitulating to the genocidal regime in Beijing. He's capitulating to the iron-fisted fascists in Moscow. They talk about Trump carrying favor with the dictators, and it's Biden who's carrying favor with the dictators. And now we have this Liz Cheney. And I hope they primary her, and I hope she loses. Because at this time in our country, we need a strong, solid, conservative, resolute party. Not McConnell, not Liz Cheney. Mark, what can we do? This is what we must do. Here's a perfect example. Hat tip daily caller, a reporter, shouting out to the Republican leaders, McCarthy, Cheney. Cut one, go. So let's stop. So a left-wing reporter asks McCarthy and Cheney if President Trump should be speaking at CPAC this weekend. With all due respect, McCarthy and Cheney have no say in that. It's the Conservative Political Action Committee. I don't believe Liz Cheney was invited to speak. So it's not their place, either of them, to say yes or no. But McCarthy gives the right answer. I know some of you don't like McCarthy. I like McCarthy. Until he proves otherwise. Until he proves otherwise. Go ahead. All right, so McCarthy said there you couldn't hear. Yes, he should. So the reporter says, well, Congresswoman Cheney. Go ahead. That's up to CPAC. I've been clear in my views about uh, President Trump and and the extent to which following following January 6th, uh, I I don't believe that he should be playing a role in the future of the party or the country. On that high note? She doesn't believe he should play a role in the future of the party or the country. 
let me think if I should go here. Let me think if I should go here. You know, Liz, I will tell you this. It was a terrible thing. When the vet who went into that Capitol building got shot. And she died. As far as I know, that's the only person who died as a result of direct action like that. The others who died, an officer died of a stroke, it turns out. The New York Times and the other media, as we talked about here now for some time, have lied about that. He was hit over the head with a fire extinguisher. No, he wasn't. His mother came out the other day and said, no, he had a stroke. We're still waiting for the government to tell us that, but for some reason they're holding back. I guess they like the National Guard there. And the other people who died there, the civilians, they died from various things, heart attack, so forth. And Trump wasn't even involved in any of it. He didn't incite anything. But we lost a lot of beautiful Americans in Iraq, didn't we, Mr. Producer? With weapons of mass production, we were told. And it was your father who pushed hard, Liz. I'm just saying, you're throwing an awful lot of mud around. You're way out of line. You're not righteous. You're a cheap shot artist. And it really is repulsive. Absolutely repulsive to me. Now, I want to address something else. I want to talk to you about something else. The vast majority of you listening to this program are not Jewish. The vast majority of you listening to this program are Christian. And I want to thank you, all of you. We have a magnificent country because it's based on Judeo-Christian beliefs. It's based on the Western Enlightenment. It's based on the Reformation. It's not based on Marxism. It's not based on regressivism. It's not based on any of those isms. And we talk a lot here about history and so forth. But there's something that's concerning me a lot. I've touched on it before, but I want the Levin audience, regardless of your religion, your background, your lack of religion, I want to talk to you about this. I'm getting very concerned. I'm getting very concerned that with the rise of the Marxist left within the Democrat Party, within the culture... The rise of the Marxist left within the media, certainly within academia, that now we're looking for scapegoats. Now we're looking for scapegoats. Christians suffer as a result of this. Others suffer as a result of this. But as somebody who has studied history quite thoroughly, this is what I do. People say, what's your hobby? That's my hobby. And when you look at World War II, World War II wasn't even 100 years ago. The Holocaust wasn't even 100 years ago. I'm getting nervous. I'm getting nervous. When I see the mayor of New York City, which has the greatest population of Jews in the country, targeting Orthodox Jews all through the pandemic, not Muslims, not Black Lives Matter, not Antifa, celebrating them, 
I get nervous. When I see the rioting in L.A. that took place, and the targeting of the Jewish area, and the synagogues, and so forth, with nary media attention at all, I, I get nervous. I'm just being honest with you. When I see the extent to which the Democrat Party embraces the Palestinian Authority, even Hamas in many respects, constantly trying to force Israel to make agreements that are going to result in Israel's destruction or demise. When I see them beefing up, muscling up the regime in Iran, which is clearly on the way to having nuclear missiles, and abandoning what Trump has done, I get very nervous. But when I see our culture, when I see professors, when I see commentators on TV now, openly, when I see comedy skits, openly, or soap opera skits, openly, openly using these, these anti-Semitic tropes. And again, I don't expect everyone to, to, to understand what I'm saying. I'm just pointing out. I get nervous. When I look at the Democrat Party, and I look at Omar and Talib and AOC and Presley, and what's her name from St. Louis? What's her name? Cory Baker or something? I can't remember her name. Cory Bush. It's something to worry about. Then when I look at the Biden appointments, the Biden appointments, there have never been worse appointments to foreign policy and national security positions as far as the United States is concerned than under Joe Biden, worse than under Obama. But he's literally bringing people in, including in the Civil Rights Division of the Justice Department, who have a long history of Jew hatred. I know this isn't the Jewish hour. I got it. I'm just, I'm just, you're my friends, you're my family. I'm just sharing this with you. When we come back, I want to play for you comments that were made on Saturday Night Live. I've thought about this. I want to play for you an episode of Nurses on NBC comment that was made there. And nobody gives a damn. Nobody gives a damn. You won't hear any athletes talking about this. You won't hear any broadcasters talk about this in sports. You won't hear any league presidents talk about it. You won't hear this discussed on CNN or MSNBC. It won't be carried by the nightly news. So I need to bring it up. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Are you worried about America's future? Times of trouble are full of reasons to despair. But those who built and have preserved our country didn't despair. So to do our part, we need to draw on the books, the history, and the ideas that gave our forefathers and mothers strength and inspiration. Hillsdale College was founded in 1844 to teach these very things. And it teaches them still today. 
We can all study these things, all with Hillsdale College professors right in our homes. Through Hillsdale's free online courses, we can study the history of our civilization, the wisdom of ancient and Judeo-Christian philosophers, and the writings of Shakespeare and Mark Twain. We can reacquaint ourselves with our Constitution. We can learn how the Constitution has been undermined, and more importantly, how it can be recovered. Friends, as we fight in defense of family, faith, and freedom, let us draw on the best of the past with Hillsdale's guidance to save the greatest nation on earth. Begin learning today at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. Unfortunately, I didn't manage the clock properly. The segment's very short. And you don't have to be Jewish to, to be concerned and appreciate what I'm talking about. And uh, I will play these two clips after the top of the hour. One is from Saturday Night Live, and the other one is from Nurses. They're both NBC. There's something wrong with NBC, just like there's something wrong with the Washington Post and the New York Times in this regard. And it's not the first time. It's not the last time. There are multiple times over a period of decades. We're going to get into other stuff going on here, too. Amazon, what it's doing on the sale of books now. The uh, California. I, I don't. Here's a perfect example. California. Look, I'm from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And I live in Virginia. The most beautiful state in the country, to me, maybe not to you, to me, is California. And they've destroyed it. California's economy used to be vibrant and robust. It used to have a very, very diversified economy. Everybody wanted to go to California, go west, go west. You want to be an entrepreneur, that was the place to go. It was a stable government, it was a limited government, opportunity galore. Then the Democrats took over. They seized power. They seized control. They made sure it would be a one-party state through immigration, through election law changes, and other things they did, just like they want to do nationwide. They've taken the greatest state in the country. Look, it's not parochial with me. They've taken the greatest state in the country and absolutely destroyed it, like they wish to do to the greatest country on the face of the planet. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Before we get to the point I was raising at the end of the last hour, there's a piece in The Guardian. Key Biden aide said pandemic was best thing that ever happened to him, book says. Now, this comes on the heels of yesterday, my spending a lot of time, and the day before yesterday, explaining how Biden exploited the coronavirus, the death of thousands, exploited it, politically exploited it, and still is. 
He used it to run for office. He blamed Trump for every single death. It was disgusting. It was unconscionable. It was diabolical. And, of course, the media was a megaphone for him. To this day, he doesn't criticize Cuomo. We'll get to him later, too. And the exploitation of the attempt to quickly develop these vaccines. Biden sought to exploit that, too. By insisting that it was all political. By insisting that Trump was cutting cordons. By insisting that Trump was doing it in order to try and win re-election. And yet, it was Biden who was using the pandemic in order to win an election. And his media friends helped him. Look, even putting aside Article 2 and these other issues that came up during the course of the election, but for this pandemic, Donald Trump would have won on a landslide. I'm convinced of it. A landslide. It wouldn't even been close. Would not even have been close. And Biden seized on it. And he didn't care if he was sabotaging the vaccine effort or not. He seized on it. His political operatives seized on it. Kamala Harris seized on it. The Democrats seized on it. The media seized on it. And tried to wrap it around Donald Trump's head. And this points it out. Not the way I'm saying it, of course. The Guardian. Key Biden aide said pandemic was, quote, best thing that ever happened to him, meaning a Biden book says. Senior advisor to Democrat Joe Biden in his campaign for president believed, quote, COVID is the best thing that ever happened to him, unquote, a new book reports. It was, the authors add, a necessary private comment that, quote, campaign officials believed but would never say in public, unquote, as the U.S. reeled from the impact of the pandemic amid hospitals stretched at breaking with deaths mounting and the economy falling off a cliff. The remark made to an associate by Anita Dunn, a Washington power broker for The Atlantic, And the book's called The Mastermind Behind Biden's No Drama Approach to Trump. It's reported in Lucky, how Joe Biden barely won the presidency by Jonathan Allen and Amy's Parnes. Of course, the Guardian obtained a copy. No, it was leaked to them. It was leaked to them. This week, President Biden commemorated, and it goes on. Is that not disgusting to you? Is that not disgusting to you? It's exactly what I said. And they're still doing it with their lies about distribution and there weren't enough vaccines produced and all the rest. They're still doing it. If Liz Cheney and her ilk would spend 1% as much time Confronting the danger we face in the Biden administration, domestic and foreign. Imagine how better off we'd be. Imagine how better off we'd be, but no. That's not what she does. Now I want to circle back. Michael Che. On Saturday Night Live. I don't watch Saturday Night Live. I think it is sophomoric. It's not funny. It's ideological. It's just stupid. And um, on Saturday Night Live, and there's Lauren Michaels. He's overrated. He's been around too long. What is he? He's been around in NBC as long as Fauci's been in the federal government, I think. Maybe even longer. 
Let us uh, let us let this play out. I want to thank uh, Alger Miner for the uh, the site for capturing this. Cut eighteen. Go. Israel is reporting that they vaccinated half of their population, and I'm going to guess it's the Jewish half. <laughs> oh, that's very funny. And yet Israel is in fact vaccinating non-Jews, including Palestinians including Palestinians in the territories. What they're trying to figure out to do is how to get vaccines to Palestinians in Hamas-controlled Gaza Strip. Now, some of us have been to the state of Israel, and some of us have seen hospitals on the borders with Syria and Gaza, where they treat, listen to this, listen to this, where they treat Arabs, whether Palestinian or otherwise, who are harmed as a result of actions they've taken against the Jewish, uh, the Israeli IDF. They still treat them. They don't ask questions. They don't ask anything. And if people come into their hospital, many do, who are Arabs or Arab Palestinians, they treat them and don't ask any questions and then send them home. It's just appalling. The propaganda, this is what I'm talking about. You can Google this information. It's available to any idiot, including Michael Che. And this idiot, Lauren, it's not green. What the hell is his name? Michaels. Michael, Michaels, whatever. Then on the same network, an episode of Nurses on NBC. Listen to this carefully. Cut 19, go. Where does it come from? It's called an All right, let's let me let me lay the foundation. Where does the graft come from? Where does the graft come from? So you have a Jewish kid here who has a uh, who who has hurt his leg, damaged his leg, may need a new leg, may need a graft from a leg. Trust me, I don't watch this crap. All right, now let's take it from the top. Cut nineteen. Go. The graft. Where does it come from? It's called an aloe bone graft. It's harvested from a deceased donor. But you want to put a dead leg inside of me? They're a goyim leg. From anyone. An Arab? A woman? Oh, God forbid an Arab woman. Look, you can't be lugging this metal cage around. No, I don't consent. Ezreal, without this next step, you will never walk properly again. Listen to this. So there's Orthodox Jews... Orthodox Jews, they say, oh, this leg, is it from a dead goyim leg, from an Arab, from a woman? God forbid, an Arab woman. This is what they have the Orthodox Jews saying about their son, Israel. How does this get past producers and directors and editors, Mr. Producer? This is really quite shocking to me. And I cannot allow it to become commonplace. I just can't. I can't. I'm sorry. I can't. I can't just sit here and listen to this stuff. To members of the Democrat Party, to individuals in the media, to the so-called entertainers out there on the big networks. It's growing. It's growing. I'll be right back. Love in.
Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. All right. So much to get to, so much to get to, so little time to do it. The Senate confirms Linda Thomas-Greenfield as U.N. ambassador. And not only that, Biden makes her a cabinet-level individual, cabinet-level position. The Senate voted to confirm Linda Thomas-Greenfield 78 to 20. Ambassador to the United States after a difficult confirmation process. Doesn't look that difficult. She was scrutinized over a speech in which she praised China's approach in Africa. So Biden has individuals around him who forget about America first, it's America last, who are sellouts to a genocidal regime in China. Now, just think about that. Step back and let's think about it. You know, we talk about it and then we move on. This is a regime that literally has death camps, concentration camps. They put Muslims in these death camps. Why isn't care rising up? Why aren't these Muslim groups in America rising up? Are they secular? Is it because they, like I talk about secular Jews and secular Catholics, we have these secular Muslims that, are, that I, mean, I mean, what's going on here? Why aren't they rising up? It's, it's, I mean, I'm shocked by this. We have a country that is hyper, what is it, hyper-ethnic. Right? Critical race theory and on and on and on. And here we have a country, the biggest population on the face of the earth, literally rounding up its Muslim population, sending them into concentration camps, death camps, Torturing them, raping them, sterilizing them, aborting them, slave labor. And I don't hear anything. I don't even hear a squeak from the Muslim community. I don't hear a squeak from civil rights leaders. The corporatists in America have thrown in with the communist Chinese. And that includes professional sports. What a disgrace. What a disgrace. People say from 70, 80 years ago, where was everybody? Why didn't anybody speak out? Okay, where is everybody? Why don't they speak out? All the talk from the left about anti-capitalism and redistributing wealth. 
while they have their hands out for the communist Chinese government to fund their institutions, to fund their universities, to fund their damn sneakers and all the rest of it. So who is this woman? Thomas Greenfield was confirmed in a 78 to 20 vote. The timeline for a confirmation had been delayed after Senator Cruz used a procedural move to push the Senate Foreign Relations Committee vote from earlier this month. Cruz and Republicans, no, there were only 28 of them. Only 28. That means 22 Republicans voted for her. Had expressed concern over a 2019 speech the diplomat gave on China-U.S.-Africa relationships, quote-unquote, at the Savannah State College Confucius Institute's 5th anniversary lecture event. Oh, the Confucius Institute. Why don't they tell the truth? It's the Mao Zedong Institute. The speech, excerpts of which were reported by the Washington Post, called Chinese intervention in Africa, quote, a win-win-win situation in which the communist regime in the U.S. could promote good governance, gender equity, and the rule of law. This is so sick. I see no reason why China cannot share in those values, she said. In fact, China is in a unique position to spread these ideals, given its strong footprint on the continent. She doesn't even know or understand what the hell China is. Let's be clear that Linda Thomas-Greenfield has a record of praising and sympathizing with the Chinese Communist Party. It's not an anomaly, said Senator Marsha Blackburn, an Africa expert. Between 2013 and 2019, she testified before both chambers of Congress that the U.S. is not competing with China and Africa. Oh, she's going to be a strong voice of the United Nations, isn't she, ladies and gentlemen? Now, following the initial hearing, Cruz tweeted out a series of examples in which she showed her praise of the Chinese Communist Party, both before and after her speech at the Confucius Institute, noting that the 2019 speech was not a one-off. At a time when China poses the greatest single geopolitical threat to the United States in the next century, we need a UN ambassador who will stand up to China. China's pervasive influence at the UN and so forth, said Cruz. But Democrats came to her defense. This mental midget, Chris Coons, Democrat of Delaware. You ever see this guy? A mental midget. He said, you can reach back and find speeches, comments, and addresses from presidents, CEOs, senators, and diplomats of both parties over decades, saying positive and complimentary things about China and its future. Hey, dummy, we're talking about 2019. Hey, dummy. Are you aware of the death camps and the concentration camps over in China? Are you aware of that, dummy? Are you also aware, dummy, that they're building up their military? They look like they want to engage us? You big... M- okay. And if we want to play a game where we reach back and point to something that was done here... You, you know the problem with this? The Democrats don't give a flying anything. If you're on the team, then they will defend you no matter damn what. If you're on the team, baby, it doesn't matter if you were working with segregationists like Biden was. It doesn't matter what you say about black people like Biden did. It doesn't matter if you're an anti-Semite. None of it matters. You're on the team, baby. And the team is all that matters. The party is all that matters. Like the Communist Party. All that matters is the Democrat Party. That's where the power is. 
That's why we need to change the election system. That's why we need to get rid of the Electoral College. That's why we need to change Article 2 in the Constitution. That's why we have to do what we have to do, change the courts and so forth. You're either in the party, baby, or you're not in the party. Genocide? Forget about genocide. Threats to American national security? Forget about threats to American national security. We've cobbled together a party here. We've cobbled together a party based on ethnicity, based on race, based on income, based on ideology. It's not a broad-based party. It's a party that's been cobbled together. They balkanize the country, and then they try to pull together their balkanized base. And I guess the uh, private sector unions have now figured this out because they're on the outs despite the fact that they've been sold out by their leadership to lunch bucket schmo. Meanwhile, the State Department said Thomas Greenfield has been sounding the alarm on China for decades. She will be, uh, yeah, okay. Biden has so far halted the withdrawal from the World Health Organization, has re-entered the U.S. in the U.S. Paris, excuse me, in the Paris Climate Accord, and has indicated he wishes to re-enter the Human Rights Council. Yeah. Hugh Dogan, a former U.S. delegate to the U.N., where he served under 11 ambassadors, told Fox News that the new U.S. ambassador must act quickly to contain China's ambitions. Well, if that's the goal, exactly the wrong man was elected president of the United States because he's populating his government with sycophants, with sellouts to communist China, either ideologically or otherwise. Exactly the wrong man at the wrong time in our history. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have a lot more. I shall return. America's most powerful conservative voice, The Mark Levin Show. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. You know, even though it's Wednesday, I meant to thank you, my beloved audience, on uh, Life, Liberty, and Levin. We won the night again uh, against the CNN and MSNBC. We always do, and that's thanks to you. Very, very strong ratings. I don't feel like we get enough promotion um, it's very strange because, and I've raised it with my brothers and sisters at Fox, um, my show's not introduced because they'll run a rerun of Judge Janine or Jesse or whomever. And at the end, it's either no introduction or it's Greg Gutfeld coming up next. So you're wondering, right? Many of you are watching wondering, is Life, Liberty, and Levine going to come on? So I asked them to fix that. But just so you know, yes, I come on regardless if it's said or not. Yes, I do. 8 p.m. Eastern. And many of you must know it, and I want to thank you for it. I wanted to get to this later, but I want to hit it now. The White House is actually considering calling guns and gun use a public health epidemic in order to try and get around Congress and to institute some fiat on gun ownership, on ammunition ownership, and all the rest. 
And the problem is, institutionally, we're going to go to the Supreme Court. Would that be the same Supreme Court that helped burn down our election system the other day? Kavanaugh's unreliable. Barrett has now demonstrated, believe it or not, she's unreliable. And of course, John Roberts is leading the charge for the left. The Supreme Court has damned itself, has undermined public support for it, because it has acted utterly and completely politically by pretending not to be acting utterly and completely politically. Now, I have a number of weapons, and I have plenty of ammo, and nobody's touching a damn thing. This I can assure you. Period. It's my private property. It's protected under the Constitution. What's not protected under the Constitution is to have a man who's all but lost his mind sitting there issuing fiats like a Hugo Chavez or Fidel Castro or Xi, or Un, or name them. Joe Biden has a lot in common with these autocrats. A lot. Trump did not. And yet look how the propaganda worked. Trump had respect for the Constitution. He had respect for the Bill of Rights. He had respect for individual liberties. He had respect for federalism. And look how they painted him. Joe Biden has respect for none of it. When's the last time he talked about individual liberty? When's the last time he talked up capitalism and success? The Second Amendment doesn't belong to the Democrat Party. It doesn't belong to the media. It sure as hell doesn't belong to Joe Biden. It belongs to we the people. It's in the Constitution. Whether the damn Supreme Court says it is or not, we can read. We can read. We have men and women in this country who have put their lives on the line to defend the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. I don't think there's a single justice who's ever done that, Mr. Producer. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I don't think so. The Bill of Rights belong to you and me. The Constitution belong to you and me. This country belongs to you and me. Not the damn fools that write at the Washington Post and the New York Times. Not at the clowns who spew stupidity on CNN and MSNBC. Joe Biden doesn't get to decide which part of the Constitution applies and which part of the Constitution does not. He doesn't get to decide sitting there with Dr. Jill in the Oval Office or in the private quarters what he demands of us, and how he wants to change the rule of law. We have an amendment process. It's a complicated, difficult process for a reason. And yet they amend the Constitution day after day after day like it's no big deal. We now have state courts and governors changing our election laws, changing the federal Constitution. It's unconscionable what's taking place. And we're just supposed to roll over. And if we don't roll over, we're obviously militia, violent, white supremacists. I'm sick of that bullcrap too. 
I am sick of that bull crap. The vast majority of people in this country, the majority, all right, let's play the game. The majority race in this country, if the majority race in this country were filled with white supremacists and Klansmen and neo-Nazis, we wouldn't have this country, would we, Mr. Producer? We wouldn't have civil liberties. We wouldn't have civil rights. It would be the 60-65% of the people in this country who are Caucasian who would be rioting in the streets, who would be burning things down. We don't have that in this country. In fact, we don't have it with any ethnic or racial group in this country. It's a small percentage. And by the way, of all ethnicities and races, that's what we saw all summer. White, black, Asian, didn't matter. But the country they paint is not our country. Let's go to Shane. Montgomery, Alabama, XM Satellite. Shane, how are you? Mark, it is such a pleasure to talk to you. I want you to know as of right now, I am scratching number five off of my bucket list. I am indeed talking to the great one. Oh, you're very kind. Thank you. How's how's your uh, Alabama? Well, I guess football's over. Well, no, I'm from Missouri. I'm an over-the-road truck driver. Oh, there you so go. I was stuck in Dallas during all the ice for the, all, most of last week. Now I'm in Alabama, and it's like 76 degrees right now, <laughs> and I'm sweating. So that's, that's the life of a truck driver. Well, there you go. I just want you to know that if it weren't for you and uh, uh, Patriot Radio on Sirius XM, I would lose what mind I have left driving up and down the road, but... You give me a daily dose of sanity, and uh, I appreciate you for that. Thank you. Let me tell you something, Shane. You 18-wheeler guys and gals, you're the people who make this country work, among others. But without you, we wouldn't eat. We wouldn't be able to build anything. All of this, particularly during the pandemic, you're out there working. The teachers are not. It just drives me nuts. But I want to thank you and all the truck drivers out there. Whenever I see a truck driver... I'll pull over at one of these stops or something or other, and they're very friendly and they're very kind to me. It really makes my heart swell. It really does. And I appreciate it, Shane. Thank you, buddy. Good man. Let's continue. Brent, Los Angeles, California, 870 The Answer, the great KRLA, where we are live and national. Go. Hello, Mark. I wanted to extend divine dittos to you and to Rush, of course. And I wanted to respond to your rhetorical, where are they groups? All these groups where we're always asking, where are they? If they're the feminists or the Muslims or the environmentalists. And all these groups who pretend to care for civil rights and for women and for Muslims, it's just all advertising slogans that they use. They're all the same group. They're all the same Marxists and Maoists and leftists. And in the name You happen to be exactly right. Yeah, and it, and it just, especially the teachers' unions. The, 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 Your point is it's part of the same movement, the same mentality. These are radicals, not all Muslims, not all women, not all every. Obviously, that's not what we're talking about. But these groups and these front groups, they are. Precisely. It's just different masks for the same malevolence. You know what they call it? They call it intersectionality, right? 
They call it intersectionality. So if you're female and you're, let's say, you're Muslim and you're a person of color, they would argue, and they do argue. You read their scholarship. I read it all the time. I can tell you the professors who push this stuff. They're saying there's intersectionality. In other words, basically in the white-dominant society, you have three strikes against you. Well, it just keeps changing. It's not, it's not as if there's any fixed point. It's, it's a constant you know, smoke movement. Yeah. Well, the, the, except the, sim, the, the, the single focus, the laser focus is, that does uh, exist throughout is the, uh, is the alteration of our society, is the changing of the country. It is a Marxist movement. That's what it is. It's a neo-Marxist Marxist movement. Exactly. And I'm prepared to debate Jeremy Peters and Philip Bump and any of the other frauds who sit behind their, uh, their computers at their office at uh, this newspaper, that newspaper, chug-a-lugging their coffee and, uh, and making sounds with their body parts. All right, thank you for your call, my friends. I'll be right back. Lovin. Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com. And enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L E V I N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. Soledad O'Brien, isn't she like a failed host on uh, one of the big network morning shows, Mr. Producer? Did she work for Al Jazeera? She did. So why is she a uh, witness testifying about uh, fanning the flames of disinformation and extremism in the media when she worked for Al Jazeera? And I've read a little bit about her and the things she said. She's a flaming leftist herself. She should be a witness, all right, but she should be a witness as an example of somebody who inflames and fans the flames of disinformation and so forth. And I want to talk about this a little bit after the top of the hour. Now they're targeting Fox, AON, Newsmax, targeting them. We literally have members of Congress writing a letter to the Federal Communications Commission with a bunch of questions asking, what are they going to do to help deplatform these, these entities with, that have disinformation? It's, it's shocking. And, but it's the Democrats. Let us go to Jamie Bullhead, Arizona, on the Mark Levin app. How are you, Jamie? 
I'm great. Thank you for taking my call. You got it. I'm calling from beautiful Bullhead City, Arizona, adjacent to San Bernardino, California. That's all right. I'm about 40 um, miles from Bull, you know what, uh, Washington, D.C., but go right ahead. That's awful. Uh, people, our property values are going up here because people from California are fleeing the state. Mm-hmm. But what I did call you for was... And voting Democrat, by the way. No, they are not. Oh, awful I, lot of them certainly are. Arizona was a big red state. Now it's a purple state heading blue. Maybe not in Bullhead, but all in and out and throughout Phoenix. There's no question about it. You're talking about Phoenix. I don't believe I know, but Phoenix makes up two-thirds of your state. Yes, it does. We fight Phoenix every day. They have those. They have issues there, and I am hoping very much that our our wonderful Kelly Ward, uh, exactly as it sounds, W-A-R-D. I know who she is. You don't need to promote her. She's been on this show many times. Oh, oh, that's that's wonderful. And you can see on her Facebook what she is doing. Thanks for your call. All right. We're not doing uh, candidate calls today. The problem with Arizona is maybe not Bullhead, Arizona, but Phoenix and Maricopa County, which which is the the vast majority of the state, as it turns out is that people are moving from California into Arizona. Obviously, if you're conservative and Republican, I'm not talking about you. But people are leaving California. Lots of Democrats are leaving California. They're going into Arizona, and they're ruining Arizona. They went into Nevada, and they ruined Nevada. That's what's going on. That's exactly what's going on. So what's happening is these dark blue states are being depopulated, And a lot of the people who are going into these other states, of course, many of them are Republicans and conservatives, obviously. But many of them are not. And so they're fleeing the very environment that they created. High taxes, open borders, and all the rest. And then they go into the red states and they vote Democrat. There's some kind of psychological issue going on there. Whatever the hell it is, it's a problem. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. Well... Mario? No, it's not Mario. Andrew Cuomo. The wheels have come off this truck. No question about that. And now a woman who worked very closely with him, and he wanted to work more closely with her, has come forward in a scathing, long letter. 
Her name is Lindsay Boylan, and she was a deputy to the governor. Now, let me tell you what's going on here. I despise this man for what he did to the senior citizens in New York. I despise him. And we were involved in exposing him, thanks to Dr. Healy. And the media all but ignored us, including the conservative media. But let me tell you what's going on here. Now the Democrats and the media, looks like it's a slow burn, it's picking up. They kind of want to move this guy out. You get that sense, Mr. Producer? You're a New Yorker. You think he's on life support now? Well, you can never underestimate the stupidity of uh, the Democrats. But nonetheless, you say you hope so. Why do you think, open your mic, Rich. Why do you think the Democrats might be, might be, Willing to broom Cuomo? What would they be? What would they be up to? I have no clue. To go further left. Oh, great! The crazy ass Attorney General, the crazy ass AOC, or others. I think that's what's going on here. I think that's what's going on here. She wrote this long letter. That's in medium.com. And I've been debating whether to read this to you. And as I sit here, I've decided not to. You can read it yourself. Mr. Producer, make sure this long letter, it's at media.com, is on the marklevinshow.com. Not, not, not prominently on the site, just under our archives for tonight's show. The Daily Recap. By the way, if you don't get it, you don't get it. You ought to check it out. At the Daily Recap. So you can read it yourself and circulate it as you wait. Read it among yourselves. But he is a real pig. And typically if there's one, there's more than one. And yet here's the thing. I read this letter. And then I thought to myself when I finished it. There's a young lady out there by the name of Tara Reed. When she was a very young lady in her 20s, working on Capitol Hill for a senator by the name of Joe Biden, and she was quite green and naive about the ways of Washington, D.C., she has accused him of molesting her. In a dark corner of the Capitol... Molesting her. And she was never taken seriously. She was never taken seriously. That's why so much of this is phony. Feminism rights and equal rights. No, 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 no. The rules don't apply to most Democrats. Sometimes they're pressed against the wall and they have no choice. But they always look for opportunities. So if they get rid of Cuomo, they'll move further left. But here was Tara Reid. She had the guts to come forward. About Joe Biden molesting her. What Joe Biden is accused of doing to her is rape. The definition for rape is broader than you think. 
but rape. Something goes through my head when I hear things like this and see things like this. I'll give you an example. Dr. Jill Biden, what must she think, Mr. Producer? In her heart of hearts, does she think her husband is completely innocent of these things, or does she wonder in the darkest crevices of her mind if, in fact, Tara Reid might be telling the truth? And the way Tara Reid was treated was intentional, so nobody else who might come forward would not come forward. And the media were in on it. The media were in on it. So I read this long letter, or essay, or what have you, my, work, my story of working with Governor Cuomo by Lindsey Boylan. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody's talking about what he's alleged to have done and so forth. But what he's alleged to have done doesn't even come close to what Joe Biden's alleged to have done. doesn't even come close. I don't want to hear about Donald Trump and Donald Trump this and that. Let's focus on Joe Biden for once. You know, when you go into a courtroom, you can't say, hey, look, the other guy down the hall, that guy, he's... The judge could care less. The jury could care less. In fact, they said, put it out of your mind. Focus on what we're doing here. We don't have to play the Democrats' game of diversion. Or follow the bouncing ball. Joe Biden has never seriously been confronted about this. He was asked a few softball questions and that was that. Now he's Mr. Feminist. Literally destroying sports for girls in high school. The Department of Justice just withdrew the case that Bill Barr had brought on behalf of girls sports. And this is considered a civil rights advance. Girls have to compete with biological boys. Now, ladies and gentlemen, that's insane. That's insane. Say what you will about transitioning and so forth. If that's going to happen, then transition and so forth. But you don't get the change, do you? The entire manner in which we conduct sports in this country or which girls socialize and get older and experience things like sports? That's the thing about the left. They demand they demand. They don't they don't they don't want us to be respectful and compassionate. No. You do what we tell you to do. You support what we tell you to support. You believe what we tell you to believe, or else. And then the repression starts. We'll ban you from this, you can't say that, and this goes on, and you must be this. But Joe Biden's never had to answer for any of this. He didn't have to answer for his past racism. He didn't have to answer for the allegation that he, that he molested Tyra Reid. He didn't have to answer for anything. Because they wanted to drag him over the finish line. And there he sits in the White House. And Tara Reid, after the election, said something to the effect that it was unimaginable. That the man who had done this to her was now President of the United States. Unimaginable. And there's almost no woman 
in any of these media outlets. None of them hosting shows on CNN and MSNBC. None of them writing columns and news uh, items for the New York Times and the Washington Post. None of them working at NBC, ABC, or CBS. None of them. We even bothered to take up even a little bit of her cause to check it out. Oh, it's he said, she said. Really? Is that how you treated Kavanaugh? The most absurd allegations by the most absurd people? That's right, I said it. The most absurd allegations? That the man was involved in gang rape every weekend? Look at the guy. He's a, they, in the dictionary, they have his picture in the word nerd. And then other bizarre allegations were coming over the transom because the Democrats were working with the media to try and take out Kavanaugh. Just as the Democrats and the media were working together to protect Biden. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. Now, one of the things I understand that we believe in in this country is equality. People should be treated equally without regard to their race. Martin Luther King, Colorblind Society. But people should be treated. I talked at the beginning of the program. I opened on Tiger Woods. People should be judged on their merit, right? Isn't that the goal? Particularly if you want a high office, like at a cabinet secretary or something like that. But you see, apparently it's not the goal. Apparently for the left, you either confirm them, you either promote them, you either give them big jobs, or you're a bigot. Now that's not true when it comes to minorities who are conservatives or Republicans or libertarians and so forth. You have to be part of this whole Marxist or neo-Marxist mentality. But that's, that's how this is done. Jim Messina is the former Obama Deputy White House Chief of Staff. He's a loathsome, good-for-nothing, but nonetheless, that's what he was. And, of course, he's on MSNBC today, and they're going in there with their talking points. You know, they never said this about Clarence Thomas. The attacks, the vicious assaults on Clarence Thomas. Did anybody say that's because Ted Kennedy and... Joe Biden and Leahy and the rest of the reprobates are racist? No, no, of course they can't be. And yet, Biden was. Cut 12, go. 
And I do think it's interesting that the three people the Republicans have chosen to fight over, Tandon, Becerra, and Halland, are three minority candidates for a Republican Party that has serious minority problems. See, you see, that's the problem. They're against them, the Republicans, because they're minority candidates. And this piece of you-know-what, he's on MSNBC where they push this. So they're against them because none of the issues, none of their radicalism, none of the things they've said and written in the past. No, no, no. They're against them because they're minority candidates. They're minority candidates. That's why. Now, we have Andrea Mitchell on MSNBC. She's hanging on for dear life so she can get her paycheck in MSNBC. Because she's lousy. She is the worst. And so she wants to ask a question of her dear close friend, Amy Klobuchar. And they are. And let's see if this is a real question. Cut 13, go. I just want to quickly ask you about Neera Tandon and some of your colleagues. uh, Now, Neera Tandon has written an infinite number of vicious tweets that have all been since deleted. And I believe she's the one that used to head that left-wing group, that Podhortz, that Podesta founded. Center for Prosperity or some fake name. So she's been out there. She's been spewing her poison left and right. And now Andrea Mitchell wants to take up her cause. You know. She's down for the fight. Or is it up for the fight? From the top again, cut 13, go. I just want to quickly ask you about Neera Tandon yes, and yes. some yes. of your colleagues, uh, Senator Manchin opposing her, uh, opposing her for her past tweets and for being too partisan. But No, no, see- not for being too partisan, for the viciousness of her tweets. Why don't you show them to the dunderheads who watch your program, all seven of them? Go ahead. People voted for Rick Rennell, who's probably more toxic on Twitter than anyone else. Then, now listen, this is a reporter who's supposed to ask a question. Just listen to how she sets this up. She's such a fraud and a phony. Go ahead. Confirmed to be an ambassador. And certainly the former president, Donald J. Trump, was the worst bullier in chief on Twitter. So I think Nero would be... Is this a be... case of sexism or, you know... Oh. Okay. Clearly it's a case of sexism, Andrea. That's right. Manchin and the Republicans are opposing Neera Tandon because of her genitalia. Absolutely. You know, Republicans, they don't like women. They don't marry women. They don't have girls for daughters. No, no, no. Republicans, are, they're just sexist, these Republicans. It's just the way it is. They're racist if they don't support a minority a racial minority who's a left-wing kook, and they're sexist if they don't support a woman who's a left-wing kook. Now, that's how it works. Now, you can oppose Sarah Palin and Clarence Thomas and a long list of, of Republicans and conservatives. You'll never be accused of sexism or racism. But here, Andrea Mitchell is telling Klobuchar, this is how you win the argument. Jump up and down and say sexism. Now, I have a question for you, world. America, I have a question for you. 
It's very confusing out here and where I sit. I thought, Mr. Producer and Levinites, that we weren't supposed to focus on the biological sex. Isn't that right? Isn't the sex what's between your ears? Isn't that the determination of what your genitalia is? I'm telling you, we've been told this over and over again. You have 412 different types of people with different kinds of genitalia doing different things with their genitalia. It's very confusing for me. Very, I admit, straight, white, Jewish, I got it. But still, it's very confusing for me. I'm trying to work my way through this. So... Shouldn't Klobuchar's answer be, first of all, we don't talk about she's and he's, we talk about it's. That's number one. Number two, near a tandem. We don't know if she identifies with her biological self or her mental self. So we don't know. That's number two. So that's quite presumptuous and stereotypical of you, Andrea. And number three, regardless how she identifies herself, We don't know what she does with her genitalia. And that's a civil rights issue, too. Right? Right. So, Andrea Mitchell, you're way out of the box. You're over the top. You're not following what the hell's going on. Now, they move around. It depends on what serves their best interests. And anyway, what did Klobuchar have to say, Mr. Producer? Go. Seems like a double standard. I hate to go to uh, your complaints before I get to her. She would be a great director of management and budget. The president is standing by her firmly, um, looking for votes, of course, on the Republican side. You know, Washington, things change. Yeah, Washington, things change. No, actually, in Washington, things don't change. And that's part of the problem. No, they really don't. And so now you see... Anybody who wants to object to any of Joe Biden's nominees is sexist, racist, homophobic, xenophobic, and all the rest of it. Meanwhile, as I explained several weeks ago, Donald Trump's cabinet was like the acting secretary of this, the acting administrator of that, the acting deputy secretary administrator for widgets is this, because Schumer and the boys and the girls in the Democrat Party would not confirm many of his nominees. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America, now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. 
You're listening to Denali, the great one. The great one. And you can call in now, 877-381-3811. have a clip here of Stephen Colbert smearing Rush Limbaugh, smearing Josh Hawley, but I'm not going to play it because he's a dumb bastard. Why should I even bother? That's all he is. He was a B actor. Then he got that stupid show with uh, on the Comedy Channel. And now his audience is an audience of ideologues, of uh, doofuses, pretty much. Frank, Brick, New Jersey, the great WABC. Frank, how are you, sir? We're going to Frank. Oh, Mark, thank you. Mark, thank you for taking my call. Uh, still uh, um, in mourning over Rush Limbaugh. And I just want to say we need you. Uh, we need you more than ever. Um, I'm from New York City. Been a Democrat my whole life, and uh, you know, from a poor immigrant family, we we're one check paycheck away from welfare. But you know, my father worked three jobs, and uh, you know, we all uh, went on to be happy and live good lives. But I just wanted to ask you, what is wrong? Every time I want to become a Republican, these Republicans uh, they don't know how to stick together. They let they let the they let the Democrats treat Trump worse than they treat dictators around the world. And they're greenlining all his nominations uh, when they should be doing what Chuck Schumer did to, uh, to, to uh, poor, uh, President Donald Trump. It's crazy. They should be making uh, the vice president come in here, for, come into that Senate for the, the, uh, the tie vote and, uh, you know, make her go in there. Just here, to- here's the problem. The Republican Party was birthed right before the Civil War. And it was birthed as a party based on very strong principle. Very strong principle to end slavery, the abolitionist movement, and to counter the, uh, the Democrat Party. And it is, it's not even close to a shadow of its former self. And now and then somebody comes along, whether it's a Calvin Coolidge or Ronald Reagan or Donald Trump, that breathes life into it. And you might say, well, look, George W. Bush, you know, the Republicans went, no. No, George W. Bush will go down in history as a, as a C, C-plus president. And I'm not against him. He's apparently, personally, perfectly fine. That's not my point. He didn't do very much. And so when, when these statesmen or statesmen-like individuals come in and they, and they make a real difference, they're attacked. They're not just attacked by the opposition party, the opposition ideology. They're attacked from within. They're stabbed in the back. Look at Lynn Cheney. Look at Adam Kingsinger. Look at Mitch McConnell. These people aren't leaders of anybody. They're not leading anybody in this country. They are Washington-centric. They are bureaucratic-centric. That's what they are. That's all they know. Taxpayers. Say that again. They're just living off the taxpayers, enriching themselves while everybody else, you know, works hard to put food on the table. Well, McConnell's made a fortune. We've had uh, Peter Schweizer on here to explain how that's happened, and they all seem to do very, very well. None of, nobody seems to leave Washington poor, do they, sir? No, no, never. They're yeah, always they, better they, financially. Look, look at Gore. Gore's worth like – they're out there spewing their uh, neo-Marxism. While they're raking in money, they must be worth $150, $200 million. They're laughing all the way to the bank. Look at Joe Biden. Joe Biden, he's in government his entire life. He comes out of government for two or three years, and now he's worth $20 million. It's incredible. 
It's incredible what goes on here. And yet Donald Trump comes into office a multi-billionaire, and they can't, they can't tolerate it. They want to destroy him. They want to destroy his businesses, his finances, get his taxes, and on and on and on. He came into office as a successful man, regardless of what the media say and the left say. He's left office poorer than when he came in. He's probably the only one. All right, Frank, thanks for your call, my friend. Donna, Frederick, Maryland, the great W-M-A-L. How are you, Donna? Hi, Mark. I'm doing well. It's so good to hear your voice, and God bless you with the loss of Rush, too. And, and yeah, you're carrying a heavier burden, and we're all grateful to you for it. Thank um, you. I wanted to shed some light on Tiger Woods. I had a family member go through something similar uh, a skiing accident, and this was a good skier, and unfortunately uh, had an accident and had a med flight, this individual out. Same kind of situation where the uh, tibia and the femur were broken, they had to put a post in, pins, this whole kind of thing. And we, it was very touch and go. We were all very worried. Um, fast forward to now, this individual, we've long forgotten about the ordeal and this person runs and is active and vivacious and uh, thank God for the wonderful medical personnel we have in the country we're so blessed and so I just wanted to give us a little positive something um, well that's good you know you're right you're right we should root we will that we're praying for um, him. You know, nobody likes to hear that with anyone, certainly not somebody with such enormous talent either. No, you're exactly right. All right, Don, I appreciate your call. Thank you. Matt, Des Moines, Iowa, XM Satellite, as we travel from one end of the country to the other. How are you, sir? Uh, good. How are you, Mark? I'm doing well. Thank you. Good. Well, hey, I just wanted to uh, kind of make a point in regards to, uh, I've had an issue with some friends who start throwing around the equitable word and the white privilege word and all of that leftist jargon. And what I started doing is actually utilizing their own tactics against them. And it's, it's pretty entertaining how well it works because of the fact that everybody kind of knows it's BS. So, All right. I appreciate your call, my friend. Thank you. Let's keep rolling. Let's go to Scott, St. George, Utah. Mark Levinapp, how are you? Very good, Mark. Um, uh, good to talk to you again. I just have a, a slight uh, disagreement or concern. I, granted, I just caught the last five minutes of your Liz Cheney comments. I uh, I just fear that anybody that's ever, and I'm not saying this is what you were saying about Liz Cheney, but in general, not not me to you here, people that have criticized Donald Trump, be it Ted Cruz, Mike Lee, Liz Cheney went overboard by voting for impeachment. I, I was just going to say, criticizing Donald Trump, she voted to impeach him and remove him from office. I agree. There is I a little have... difference, you know, there is a little room between the two. There is, and that's why I say I, although I think Liz Cheney, I tend to agree with her. I thought, always thought she was a star. I also, well, she's not. In so, fact, she's turned off a great 
number of Republicans and conservatives like me who believe what was done to Donald Trump was unconstitutional and believe that the statement she put out was an uh, absolutely dishonest attack on him. And so it's not a matter of somebody disagreeing on a policy, and she did. She disagreed with him on foreign policy. It's not something like that. No. It's when you're trying to destroy somebody, and you're using the left's tactics, and you're still doing it. Sorry, count me out. I, I agree with that, I, although I am concerned about the code pink Republicans out there. There's plenty of them that now they want to criticize everything Trump and Dick Cheney did. I'm sorry, uh, George W. Bush and Dick Cheney did. No, I and I didn't even criticize it. I just made a comparison. She's talking about the uh, inciting an insurrection. He didn't incite anything, and it wasn't an insurrection. It was a violent mob that did what it did, and it's outrageous. There's no question, but we have to get our language correct. And all I'm pointing out to you is this is the daughter of the vice president of the United States who insisted on going into Iraq, as did his boss, on weapons of mass production. Now, you and I defended that, but I'm saying when you sit back and you look at the two morally, uh, what Donald Trump did is he didn't incite anybody. He didn't send the military in there. He didn't do any insurrection or anything like that. The one person who died on the scene as a result of violence was one of the protesters. The others died of natural causes, heart attacks, and so forth. The officer who died died as a result of, uh, <clears throat> of uh, what was it, a heart ailment, that he, a stroke that he had. And so, you know, just be careful, Liz, when you're throwing around allegations against somebody and attacking somebody. That's my point, sir. I, I agree totally with that. I also completely disagree with everybody that's turned on every the, the Iraq war and we lied to go into war. We lied about weapons. Well, you don't hear me saying that. No, I think you can disagree with what Liz Cheney did, which disgusted me. I tend to agree with almost all of her policies. That's why it disgusted me so much, because I agree with most of her policies. I know, but this goes to the issue of substance and character, okay? This doesn't go to the issue of policy, and she's still self-righteously out there insisting that Donald Trump have no part in the party, no part in CPAC, who is she, Eva Perot? I don't, I don't understand. Did she get to make all these dictates? Where, where does that come from? I didn't hear that from her. I, th- I think she's wrong. Well, I played I it. She's wrong there. Mr. Producer, do you have cut one? All right, go ahead. You on the leadership, especially Congresswoman Cheney, do you believe President Trump should be speaking, or former President Trump should be speaking at CPAC this weekend? Yes, he should. Congresswoman Cheney? Uh, that's up to CPAC. I've, I've been clear in my views about uh, President Trump and, and the extent to which following the extent to which following January 6th, uh, I don't I don't believe that he should be playing a role in the future of the party or the country. On that high note, <laughs> see no class there. McCarthy has class. He deals with it on that high note, and so she has no class. And uh, apart from that, if she really believes the pre- listen. I don't know if you heard me earlier, Scott, but I said if I really believe that the President of the United States incited and led and organized an insurrection against this government, do you think I would support him? No. Do you think three-fourths of the Republicans would support him? You think we're all stupid? Of course we wouldn't. No, but I don't want to eat our own, and you're not doing that right now. No, no, no. It's not a matter of eating our own. She's not part of what I believe in, so it's not a matter of eating our own. But she started it, and it needs to be confronted and addressed. Thank you, my friend. We'll be right back.
AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine, full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Casper, Wyoming, Josh, the great KVOC. Go right ahead, sir. Mark Levin, we love you out here in Wyoming, sir. So if I move out there, you think it'll be okay? Oh, man, we'll go hunting. We'll kill a bunch of animals. We'll eat them and everything. Can we use ketchup, or is that not allowed in Wyoming? Well, I love my ketchup. I love some hunts on my hunt. That a boy. Yeah. Hey, um, I just calling in about this whole Liz Cheney BS. She she voted a, upon her feelings. She voted to impeach our president, my president, the the president I voted for, and and that is so wrong. She's a representative of my state, and she is so foul. She is just part of that that swamp that Trump was trying to get rid of and expose, which he did so wonderfully. I just love it. And and, uh, just look forward to the time that I get to vote against that woman and get her away from Washington, D.C. Yeah, I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. All right, Josh, thank you for your call, my friend. I want you to hear this from Jimmy Kimmel last night. These, These night shows that none of us watch, they are vile, poisonous, cancerous programs. They really are. And Jimmy Kimmel's an idiot. So you got these really stupid people. People are putting words in their mouth. They don't write their own jokes. They have like 10 writers and so forth. It's like printing money for these clowns. I want you to listen to this. Cut 17, go. Mike Pence, by the way, will not be in attendance at CPAC, even though they did. They tried to reach out and assure him that he'd be safe from all the people who tried to kill him last month. CPAC, if you don't know, is an annual event. It's like Comic-Con for uh, neocons and neo-Nazis. Is that funny? Is that funny? This fascist punk? Fascist punk? Jimmy Kimmel? Calling people neo-Nazis? It's one thing to call them neo-Marxists. If that's what they're writing, that's what they're saying. They even cite Marx in their scholarship. They cite them. Is that what CPAC's about? Neo-Nazis? And notice how he says neocons and neo-Nazis? This is my point. This is my point to all of you. There's not even a veneer anymore of what they're up to and what they're trying to say. Not even a a veneer of cover. It's really quite repulsive. California, congratulations. California's stimulus package includes checks for illegal immigrants. Well, that's just great. 
I say this. Why wait for them to come to America? I've said this over the years. Just send the checks overseas. Check them to seven, send them to 7 billion people. Why wait for people to come into our country? Just say, okay, you're undocumented immigrants, even though you're not here. Even though you're not here. You want to work. I heard Geraldo say that. So we're just going to send you guys checks. There's no need to struggle to come across the border, to be put in one of those Biden-Obama cages. No, 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 no. Just stay where you are. We'll send checks all over the world. It'll be the greatest thing in the world. Why have people struggled to come across the border? That sounds racist to me. Democrats ready another multi-trillion dollar stimulus bill on infrastructure. Oh, my God. We'll get to more of this tomorrow. I want to salute all you heroes out there. Thank you. Thank you, Levinites, for listening. And I'll see you tomorrow. God bless. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.